Hi, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm thinking about you. I give a shit. Do you have a headache? You know, I had such a headache when I woke up this morning um, because it's really damp out, but at least it's not that blaring hot thing that got going for quite some time. So I'm really excited to be here at Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, the greatest station in the Western Hemisphere. And please go to our uh, our uh, page, our website, uh, www.radiofreebrooklyn.com, and the Patreon uh, page, and donate some money, like even like a buck. Like you could put in a buck a month, and like we would love you. We would appreciate that a lot more than like saying probably any any uh, any elect election campaign that you would donate to that that's like a dollar wouldn't be nothing to them so just donate to us i don't care who you're gonna vote for just give us money okay okay uh back back to us here at the radio station uh radio free brooklyn that is if i haven't said that too many times so i have this really fantastic guest for you folks today um and some of you I can see from the Facebook response are well aware that I have Paul D'Agostino on. So uh, say hi, Paul. Hello, everyone. See, Paul, are you handcuffed to that chair or what? Yeah, I am, but it's not that uncomfortable, actually. It's surprisingly uh, uh, ergonometric over here with these hands. Really? You're okay? You think you think maybe you'll stay the whole time? I think so. I mean, I tried picking the lock, and it's not that easy, so I'll probably be here for a while. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that's, how we, that's how we have to handle the guests here sometimes. So, um... Anyway, um, it's really hard for me to exactly uh, sum up uh, Paul, what Paul, who Paul is, and Paul, what Paul does. I'm, although a lot of you already know, uh, in in this space of an entire hour, because it's a really, really long list. So, um, Paul, you can jump in and correct me if I get any of this wrong. But I'm going to try. No, you're right. It's kind of a long list. It is a long <laughs> list. Sorry. Okay. So here's the thing about Paul is that he's probably certainly the most educated. I think he's probably the most. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's probably the most educated and uh, certainly uh, accomplished as far as you know um, intellectual pursuits than than my other. Um, 62 guests so i don't know i I wish that was more of a compliment paul but (laughs) okay but here's the thing like paul is a phd so he's actually dr d'agostino right paul yeah that's correct does anyone ever call you dr d'agostino sometimes but it usually sounds like they're kidding Oh, yeah. Um, in know, an ironic way? Yeah, like doctor. That's, what? But how fine. about you teach? How about your students? Um, no. I, Do they call you Paul? Yeah, I usually prefer just having them call me Paul. Sometimes okay. if they say professor, I forget to look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, professor. Yeah. Um, so, okay, here's the point. What I want you to understand about Paul is that here's a guy who's incredibly accomplished, has all these... Uh, achievements that I'm going to read to you in a second, but yet he doesn't really presume the position of authority at all, which is very curious to me. Yeah, in fact, on the contrary, I'm handcuffed right now. Oh, he's a <laughs> cheater. 
We don't we we don't have it in the budget for handcuffs at a place like this. So let me just read this really fast. Education, PhD, Italian literature, uh, MA, Italian literature, BA, European studies, summa cum laude, Phi Beta Kappa, blah blah blah. blah British blah, blah, Institute, blah. <laughs> University in Florence, University of Munster, languages. Uh, Italian, English, German, French, Spanish, translation skills, Portuguese, Dutch, Latin, uh, director, gallery, art editor, two magazines, Parsons School for the Faculty, Parsons, NYU, NYU Studio School, co-founder and writer after whatever, co-founder, <laughs> producer, exchange rates, assistant editor, freelance, translator. So, I mean, and the guy's an accomplished artist, just had a solo show this year. So, I mean, so this is what is so interesting to me, okay? I told Paul I was going to talk about this. I've actually learned a lot about Paul just from inviting him on the show, and that's what I wanted to sh share with you. So the guy, the guy should like think like he's the shit, right? I mean, he's he's done well in school. He's obviously he. You know what? The things that Paul is really good at, like this language shit, like you have to be smart. Like you can't like just study that. You have to have a sensibility. You have to have like Paul's got to know he's smart. Paul, do you think you're smart? Um, I, I have a hunch that I know a thing or two. But are you are you like are you, how do you feel about being smart? Are you like embarrassed about being smart? No, but I, I think it's like anything else. You know, if, if you're if you're. Uh, you have a certain quality or, 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 or character or something that is, is laudable to people. It's because you invest time and, and energy in it, and it's a capacity that I think, you know, a lot of people have, uh, have and it's just a matter of caring enough about it. So you're just a hard worker, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I would definitely admit and, and fully claim that I'm a hard worker. Are you pretty driven? Absolutely. Okay, so I just have to read you this letter, and then we can get get past all this crap. This is so hilarious. But that's important, the hard worker thing, uh, and I say that because that in informs a, a, probably a lot of the things that you're going to ask me about. Yeah, I mean, I think it is really um, rare that anyone really becomes particularly successful without hard work, even though it looks like they they it may they make it look easy, but you know. If you, it's never easy. It's never, anybody yeah. that's really good at something, accomplished at something, whether it be like comedy, music, languages, art, usually has put in the 10,000 hours as Malcolm McDowell, right? And the, you know, the older you get in different kinds of endeavors, whether they're creative or intellectual or whatever, the, the more you realize that anything that comes easy, mm -hmm. again, creative, intellectual, or otherwise, what athletic, when it comes easy, it's kind of boring. Uh, I would like some more of that, but you have a <laughs> point. Okay, so here's the letter I wrote, Paul. Hi, Paul. I would love to have you on my radio show. Uh, it records live every Thursday, Bushwick, blah, blah, blah. Might you be available any of these dates, blah, blah, blah. We could discuss a bunch of things, including nomenclature. It would be fun. Thanks. Let me know. Okay, so this is the letter I get back, folks. Uh-oh. Okay. Hi, Lisa. I am the most boring motherfucker there is, so I, I'd highly recommend you reconsider your offer. I'd even recommend a bunch of motherfuckers who aren't boring at all. Hell, they're not even motherfuckers. They're nice people with interesting things to say. 
I'm just the worst thing there is. Even my dreams are boring. That's so true. And it goes on. It does. That's not all. If you're not convinced of all that, then maybe I'll do it. Problem is, it's hard for me to. This is about the scheduling. Blah blah yeah, blah. We'll look at the dates, uh, and then we go back to more. It's more like, but thanks for asking me. Even if I think you should have pretty much asked anyone else on the planet instead. And thanks for contributing to nomenclature. Blah blah blah. Uh, reply by telling me to go to hell. Grateful all the same, Paul. Paul, that's ridiculous. What, 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 what were you thinking? Like, where does that come from? Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun way to uh, accept an invitation to something. And I, I, I think anybody who knows me enough to get personal emails from me or text messages or anything probably knows that I, I tend to uh, go on tangents inspired by uh maybe a first word or sentence and um, yeah and they're fun and amusing and and thoughtful i mean they're kind of fun it's fun to get an email like that for sure but um see also so what i'm hearing from you now is that uh is that um you that was an acceptance letter from you uh yeah i mean okay uh that 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 makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, but I, I also do think that there are plenty of other more interesting people out there, that's for sure. That, well, that, that's sincere. Well, mm, I don't know. I, I feel like I should give it... I forgot to call a number. If anybody has an opinion on this, please call in. 718-928-9732. That's 718-928-9732. If you want to, like... If you know Paul or something or you... But here's the thing. Um, I mean, uh, you know, this is a uh, whatever, a, you know, Radio Free Brooklyn in the basement of a bike shop in Bushwick. I am grateful to have someone of your caliber to be on the show. And um, um, I'm happy you asked. No, but, you know, I'm happy to be here. Well, but see, the thing is for me, like I get so much rejection from asking people to be on the show really? that yeah i'm flattered that you're surprised that i am surprised to like i'm confounded i'm confounded right here in the moment that you meant that as an acceptance letter i didn't get that at all i i really thought you just didn't want to be on the show oh well i apologize i didn't i didn't mean it to be read like that at all i meant it really to be sincere about there are a lot of interesting people out there, so thanks for asking me. Um, uh, and uh, and maybe I thought I'd make you chuckle a little bit while you read my acceptance letter. Huh. That's so interesting, see? But I I have my own Michigan, so it just pushed my insecurity <laughs> buttons. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that is funny. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I don't apologize at all. Don't apologize. It's just when it when I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm just learning right now is that uh, how you know this is what happens. I mean, if you're dealing with somebody neurotic, Paul, maybe what this means is be be careful. Or whatever. Or maybe I should lighten up. That's probably what we're learning here. So, um, 
Anyway, I find I find I find that interesting. I was so wrong about that. So, uh, isn't that funny? Yeah. Aren't you glad we straightened it out, though? Yeah, and if you have any other emails of mine that you'd like to read out loud, then uh, please do. Enough with. The email. Okay, we. <laughs> no, but you can. I I think I've sent you other emails. Yeah, you have, but um, I felt that was kind of that was kind of it in a nutshell. Then the other thing that was mysterious that I learned about you from asking you to be on the show was that. Uh, you sent me a picture that your mother sent you of you doing a yes, handstand. Yes. Just yesterday she sent me that. And I find that interesting, too. Like, what would, what, did she know, did it have anything to do with the show, or does your mother just generally do well, that? It, I guess it kind of did have to do with the show, because I talked to her a few days ago, and, um, uh, you know, she was asking me what's going on and all that kind of stuff that I, I usually talk about with my mom, and I usually skirt around really telling her what I'm actually up to because uh, it's often a lot. Um, but this was coming up, so I said, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna be on on the radio on Thursday," and, mm-hmm. and she she had known about this TV thing that happened last week that was kind of funny, and so she thought. She thought this was amusing, and so she sent me that yesterday. I think thinking about this, uh, this uh, weird uh, week so far of various. Uh, so, um, is this related to the TV appearance? Uh, well, not really. But last week, I was asked to be on 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 interviewed for uh, TV in South Korea. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. And, and so I did that interview last week, and it was kind of funny. And That's so weird and um, random. Yeah, yeah, funny, haha. It was about uh, North Korea. Um, but anyway. Really? Yeah. So I, I Nothing wrote, to do with art. Um, no, I, nothing at all, actually. Wow. Uh, I wrote a review earlier this summer of um, a film called Under the Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a documentary by this Russian director named Vitaly Mansky, who... Uh, made this documentary in North Korea that uh, is is relatively subversive and I guess wasn't really supposed to be made the way it was made at all. And Anyway, so right. I wrote a review of it for Brooklyn Magazine and there's this ah. South Korean interest in it, obviously, and uh, they are putting together some kind of news report about the film and about its reception mm-hmm. and they wanted to talk to a, an expert critic and I thought it was funny that they referred to me as an expert critic. See, yeah. So I said, yeah, sure, you can come over and interview me. I'll talk about that movie. Oh, that's funny. So your mom your mom must be very proud of you, I'm guessing. I guess. I think, All this media I think that attention. also increasingly she has no idea what what I do or why and, and that kind of thing, which, well, is, which is okay. I don't mind confusing. Yeah. What did, um, what did your parents do? Uh, both of my parents are were educators. They're both uh, recently, mm-hmm. very recently retired. And actually, where where are they from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Virginia Beach. Oh, nice! Uh, I was born in in New Jersey, mm-hmm. in, in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then we moved around a lot when when I was uh, when I was a kid. And I have I have two sisters, so my sisters were my best friends and kind of still are. Mm-hmm. Older, and, younger. Uh, three years older and three years younger. So oh, right you're a middle. middle child. Yeah, I'm, that'll probably give you insight into something. Uh, oh, I don't know. Well, what I am really focused on is what I'm am really focused on is how somebody uh, that that 
I want to find out about your background because I do find it unusual that somebody with the kind of academic and and mm-hmm. also um, media credentials that you have, you know, writing for all the papers and mm-hmm. you have a lot of authority, but <laughs> yet you don't you laugh at it. So I mean, there are a lot of um, you know, this is just going to be so sexist of me to say this, but there are a lot of men, particularly uh-huh. in your situation, that would be really bossy. They would be using it in the other. That's my impression uh-huh. of. I am not an academic person, but that's my and you know that's my impression of uh-huh. the stereotype of academic, and also you know curator. I you know I mean. Why am I comfortable with you? Why am I not afraid of you? That's what I'm trying. This is what I want to find out. I'm not that tall, I guess. <laughs> it does, some of the short ones are the worst, <laughs> and you know that. Yeah, Napoleon. Oh God, I had a boss once who um, is definitely shorter than you, and he was the scariest person I ever worked for. Um, so let's find out about your background. So why did you move out around so much? Um, well, my, um, my mom wanted to, uh, stop teaching and, and be home with my older sister when my older sister was born. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she did that, but my dad was also a teacher Wait, at the you're, time. Oh, you mean the first baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my parents were both teachers. And, and then, what, what kind of teaching did they do at level? Uh, well, my mom taught various levels, uh, preschool and also third huh. grade fifth grade children um yeah and my dad taught uh mostly high school he taught he did a little bit of part-time teaching at some community colleges mm-hmm. as well and then he was mm-hmm. at high schools and then they both ended up principals of schools right so they um, were high authority figures yeah. so they were both <laughs> like um they're school teachers yeah yeah mm-hmm. in every sense of the edu- word education educated was always a big deal in our family right and you're Italian? Yep, both sides. Yeah, see, the, us, I thought fact, us Jews sides. had that covered. I <laughs> thought that, look at this. Well, both sides are actually from the same part of Italy, from the same region. Really? Uh, from Abruzzo, yeah. Oh, were your parents both born here? Uh, Yeah, my parents were born here. Mm-hmm. And on, on one side, my grandfather came over and... uh. On my other, on the other side, it was uh, my great grandparents who mm. came over. Mm. So, um, so why all the traveling? Did they go? Well, because you, you know, teachers' salaries like may or may not be good these days. I don't really know. As a part-time professor, I can't really say anything about having a real salary. But um, uh, then, I don't think they were awfully wonderful. And, no. Um, uh, so having one teacher's salary and a family that kept growing because then a few years later I came around and then a few years after that mm-hmm. my younger sister came around uh, meant that my dad had to get different kinds of jobs and stuff. So they, you know, I think in a very brave way they moved um, according to necessity and opportunity and then we ended up in Virginia Beach when I was, uh, I guess, six Mm. And then that's where I grew up. So, really oh, so my home, once home, hometown is really so. Place. Once you moved there, you, they kind of said, "Okay, that's enough." Yeah, we moved around to a bunch of different homes in Virginia Beach, with mm-hmm. which is, you know, with with that's... hindsight and everything, I kind of it's so it's kind of cool to think about. It was a constant adventure. Oh, um, did you change schools or just? Yeah, change schools. Oh, oh, well, then that is a lot. Of, if you lot. change schools, it doesn't matter if it's a block away or twelve. You know, that's so what what was that like changing schools all the time? You know, the the real 
virtue of all of that. I mean, it's a little bit weird to have a different elementary school every year. You're in elementary school. Really? Was it like, like was it really, I mean, was yeah, it really? it was very frequent. And, um, you know, I guess what's a, a, a further aspect of that is that it was a time when Virginia Beach was growing dramatically. The population was, was skyrocketing and there was, um, there's always been a big military presence there. And my family didn't have anything to do with the military presence there, but we moved there at a, at around the time when a lot of bases were being um, were, were being I don't know if they were being broadened or some of them were new at the time, but so the population was really increasing quickly while we were there, and it meant that uh, it, it meant that the general area for every school was actually pretty small, so you could move just you know maybe a five minute drive down the road somewhere, mm. and it meant a completely different school district. And also, military families are known for moving a lot. Were you involved? I mean, were your friends? Oh yeah, your friends. Uh, so it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that you sort of went with the flow with the other kids, and they yeah, were all yeah. used to moving. Is that right? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, that's a question that a lot of people ask me when, if I talk about, you know, growing up, we moved around a lot. Um, someone will say, was your family military? Yeah, right, that's of course. sort of general characteristic. And then, no, we weren't military, however. We lived in Virginia Beach, you, which was that, military. That is so weird. Yeah. Do you think your parents were influenced by that? They were like, hey, the neighbors are moving all the time. Let's move, too. Look yeah. at these kids. They just move them around. Let's just keep going. I, I, I think they were just so driven by necessity and doing what they thought was best for us as as kids um, that, it, yeah. that it didn't really matter uh to them to to, to right. try to do something for any other reason. No, they were they were trying to feed and your mom was a stay-at-home mom were you saying? She was until um when my younger sister was born my uh, my mom went back to work maybe a few years after my younger sister was born. So she was she left teaching for about 10 years to right, to be, be with mom. us yeah. and um and then she went back to teaching and oh. uh uh yeah. So, so that, yeah, but you had your older, you had your sister, so that's yeah, good, yeah. Right? And and but, uh, you know the the flip side to all of that moving around and everything was that my best friends were my sisters, and and I don't know if I was their best friend, but anyway. We, <laughs> oh, well, let's find yeah, out. I don't know. Yeah. We, wow, we, we you don't know that. We hadn't had a ton of choice, so we were always together, hanging around at home, drawing pictures and telling stories to each other and stuff like that. I mean, it that's, sounds corny, but... No, it doesn't. It sounds actually really nice. So that's <laughs> that's a good... That's a positive... That's a positive side of it. Um, but did... How, so how was school for you? Like, did you just focus? You must... Did you always do well in school when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. I, do you I, think it's partly because your parents were teachers? I used to feel like that. They get help. Or well, do you, you think know, it's it, like... the what What was great about... I, I don't know if they were aware of it because, I mean, thinking about it now, they were young. Um, they were much younger than I am now, and I wouldn't really know how to how to go about the the kind of parenting that they but that they kind of seem to know intuitively. But they didn't force school on us in any mm-hmm. real way. It mm-hmm. was just a sort of understood thing, you know. Like you don't really have to. I don't know. You don't have to. Uh, force lunch on anybody really. but like you know it just <laughs> maybe it, the maybe the normal thing and yeah so, you, well you probably inherited um you know it probably just makes sense the way you know there's probably things that you you probably wouldn't even necessarily notice like you know probably uh-huh. a lot of 
children's books being read to you and things like that. You know, you're oh, from yeah, a family yeah, that yeah. valued education, so maybe they didn't actually. Were you pretty self-disciplined then? Uh, yeah, and I, I really liked to do well in school because then I had um, great reasons to uh, misbehave and things like that. I, I did learn at an early age a lesson that maybe wasn't great for me to learn, but I learned that if you did well enough in school mm-hmm. um, and got really great grades and everything, you could get away with stuff. Oh, like... Um, well, you know, if I did something, uh, what would uh, you do that was bad? Oh, I did a lot of bad stuff. Really? I did a lot. I of didn't bad. know and that. I'm not just talking about when I was a little kid. I did a lot of bad stuff. What? As an adolescent? Um, yeah. Well, look, I, I grew up skateboarding. I, I skateboarded for uh, a long time, and I still skateboard a little bit. So, really, I've skateboarded a lot longer than um, you know. You, you were know. an early adapter. Um. Yeah, I guess so, but the the thing about skateboarding is that every time I went skateboarding with my friends somewhere, we were basically trespassing, we were basically destroying property, uh, you know, it, it wasn't really permitted in most of the places we did it, and we did it for hours and hours, every did, day of the week, all night. Did you ever get in trouble? Yeah. Like yeah. what? Like the cops? The oh, co- yeah. Cops. Did your parents know? Yeah, my parents knew. So did were they like Paul's Paul's a bad bad seed? Uh-oh. Well, it, it was just no, not a bad seed. I mean, because uh, the the seed was obviously good, but no, were they worried about you? Yeah, they were constantly worried about me because you know the other thing about skateboarding is that you get hurt all the time, every day. Oh, you right. Get hurt in one way or another. And right. Yeah, I don't know how they put up with me. Really, I I would be. I would be horrified if I had me as a child coming home bleeding all the time and, you know, talking about getting uh, reprimanded by the police and things like that. And what about I, your sisters? Uh, my, my sisters were, um, I, I guess they were a little bit more adventurous than I was in terms of uh, kind of other sorts of social behavior. Um, like sex? Oh, I don't know. No. What I mean, do you mean by that? Well, they were, you know, they were they were better at in, enjoying other things like like movies. I yeah, I guess so. More Par- parties? Yeah, partying. Oh, uh, so like, like that. your social your social life was hanging out with like the skateboarding kids? Uh yeah, I mean that's They're rebellious. That's, that's the rebellious. Where's their cigarette smoking and shit like that? Oh, you know, skateboarders are pretty famous for doing uh cigarettes, all kinds of stuff. All that and other kind of shit, yeah, yeah. alcohol. I mean, look, you you you're practicing a sport where the 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 basic uh the, the the basic tendency is to fall on the ground and get hurt. Yeah. And um so everything else is kind of minor in comparison. Right. But yes. I, I, did, I, I didn't really engage with, with any of that stuff. I was very serious with skateboarding as well. You know, uh, I, It wasn't a social thing for me. It was really a sport. It was, a, it was a, an athletic endeavor, and I wanted to excel at it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, w- w- as a scene, it contains uh, all kinds of different approaches to seriousness of skateboarding. But mm-hmm. um, I had a cluster of friends who were my age or around my age, and we were really serious about did it. Did you get and, really good uh, at it? Um, I did, and I competed, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I had, professionally? Well, no, or I semi-professionally, mean, well, semi, or semi because you know there were amateur contests and right. stuff that I, I skated in all the time, and there were East Coast Whoa. championship contests. Really? That I skateboarded in. So how far did you get? Well, I I 
I, I got up to, like, second, fifth place, third place in, wow. in a bunch of contests. Every wow. contest I skateboarded in, uh, I placed. Did you travel? Um, in Within Virginia, yeah. yeah. Never really outside. So were your Virginia. parents proud of that? There might have been one in North Carolina at some point. Were, were your parents proud of that? Yeah, but they were they were worried about it. And again, this goes back to the school thing. Because I did really well in school, I, uh, I, they, they sort of had to... Had to. They, right. they were willing to accept what I was doing with skateboarding, how much time I was spending skateboarding. Right. Because anyway, I was getting straight A's. So, right. Uh, you know, very young, I figured out how to um, right. uh, get straight A's while spending uh, not minimal, but basically minimal amount of time doing homework. And mm-hmm. so I could have the rest of the time. Because you, I mean, it's true. You have um, a lot of native intelligence, let's just say it. So, so do you think that maybe school was fairly easy for you? Maybe easier than some of the other kids? It, it was easy, and to be candid, I loved it. I always loved school, and I still do. I mean, I still I, I teach. I'm basically in school. Mm. I've, mm. Al- I've always loved it. You like school. the orderliness of it, or just the pursuit? or I, I just, I, The pursuit. I mean, I, I, like, I like knowing stuff. I like learning new stuff, mm-hmm. and teaching is still that. Teaching is a matter of... Uh, learning new sharing, stuff. Sharing right. stuff that you know and learning stuff mm-hmm. back. I mean, I learn stuff from my students all the time. So you have a really good memory, too? Or uh, is it more like an interest and therefore the memory? I, I mean, you're able to retain... See, I'm envious. Not envious, but it's just magical to me. You were able to uh, retain a lot of information. Yeah, yeah. I have mm-hmm. a, a small head, but I think I have a, <laughs> I have a, a sticky brain. <laughs> That's well put. So what happened um, when you transitioned from high school to college? Um, like well, what I, I, I didn't even, I, I didn't have real plans to go to college. Um, and uh, Why not? To, to the chagrin of my, uh, you know, the, my teachers and counselors or whatever in high school. Um, I wanted to keep pursuing skateboarding. I mean, I, it was it was at that age where... It, for a lot of skateboarders um, in Virginia, in places like Virginia Beach, especially the East mm-hmm. Coast, at that time, if you wanted mm-hmm. to pursue skateboarding, it kind of meant it. It kind of meant going out to California and um, mm-hmm. get, getting involved with the scenes out there because you could skateboard year round, and um, that's just where the industry was you, at the time. You know, it's kind of interesting because, like, it seems like. Like it, it seems like the logical path that you might have taken would have had to do with something to do with, you know, doing well in school because there's so many opportunities. Well, here, yeah, well, here's what happened. So I wanted to do that. That was my plan. My parents were sort of um, it, were, were embittered about it for sure because I was I was graduating at the very top of my class in high school and I had straight A's and everything and and I was very very proud of that. I mean, it wasn't yeah. It wasn't something that I that I took for granted at all. Um but I was really serious about skateboarding and then um in the fall of my senior year of high school, I fell. I took a really really hard fall uh and uh I, I busted wow. myself up in a very serious way what that happened? I tried to conceal. What, um, like what happened? Well, I fell from a, a, a certain height going oh. very fast <sighs> and and doing a trick that involved moving backwards through the air. Oh, my God. Uh, and I just kept going. My, my board got clipped on what I was, what I was going over. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, 
for aficionados out there, it was a backside 180 over a crate. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I was going fast, and my board got clipped, and, and I fell. And I've fallen a million times, and we've all fallen a million times, uh, you know, the, the, right. the, the same skateboard weight. And, you know, I, I, I fell, and I hit my tailbone first mm. uh, on the pavement. And mm-hmm. it was um, total pain, but, you know... Uh, my friend's reaction was, oh, I get up, you know, we laughed and I kind of rolled off to the side of the street. And, and it, for some reason, the most comfortable position I could find was um, perched up against a dumpster. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was behind a Kmart. And uh, I rolled over to the dumpster and just sort of perched myself there. There was like a, a place that I put my elbow on the dumpster mm. that made my tailbone You know, hurt. it's great <laughs> when there's a dumpster when you need one, right? So I busted myself up really, really bad. I, 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 I tried as hard as I could to conceal the injury, but I couldn't sit. I had a bruise from the back of my mm-hmm. knees to the middle of my back. It was gross. So in the moment, you were in pain? or Was it shock? I mean, how bad was it? Were you trying to like well, be like... you? Trying to be a cool guy, well, you're not it, a, you it, know, like a teenager. I don't want my friends to know, or like what no, happened. No, it wasn't. There? I didn't want my friends to know. We all knew about each other's injuries. That was no big deal. Yeah. I always had to conceal injuries from my parents so that they wouldn't, you know, get mad. So is that what happened? You were trying to. You were saying you had to conceal from your parents. Yeah, I mean, I did. I whenever I got hurt really bad, I didn't mm-hmm. want them to to know because it. They, then they would <laughs> yeah, be right. Because they were sensible. They were, then they would be right. Oh, you know, so there's sort of like a rebellious stuff. streak. Um, kind of, but if, if they, if I had gotten hurt bad enough, they also probably wouldn't want me to go skateboarding. Right. That's what you were probably really genuinely afraid of. Well, yeah. I mean, and I skateboarded through every injury that I had until this one. And then what happened? I couldn't, I couldn't, I could barely walk. So what happened? Did you try to, like, how long did it take for, for you to not be able to hide it? Did you, did you go to school? I I, I went to school. I mean, I was, I was capable of, of playing it off like, Mm -hmm. you know. A, a, like a normal injury mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. I, I didn't go to a doctor for it or anything mm-hmm. uh but um uh i couldn't skateboard and that was the first time that you know days went by and then a week a couple weeks went by and then and you know I, it was devastating because it was the first time well devastating at, no at, hey at, hey let's at, be at that time it was the first time in eight or so years that i had even gone more than a couple of days without skateboarding no it must and have even, been weird and even a couple of days was you know devastating, a lot devastating to us at the time well the feeling of not being able that's a like a big big you know block on your freedom uh-huh yeah so i had this terrible injury and it was also um deadlines were coming to apply for college so i thought I guess I better use these good grades and apply to college. Ah, and, uh, so that's how you wound up going to college. Did you yeah. tell your parents, or I thought that's how the story was going to end with you, like in the hospital and then having to come no, clean about it? No, I mean they they they, know, they knew about it um, later on. I mean, at some point they realized that I hadn't been skateboarding in a while, and that was as devastating for them to witness as it was for me to to. What do you know, mean? What, what, do you mean they felt bad for you? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't know if they... I guess to some extent they felt bad because I wasn't mm-hmm. really happy about it. But um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it was a, an interesting time because all of a sudden I wasn't doing... I wasn't spending the many hours a day that I used to spend doing this, this one activity. Uh, you know, I, so I what, always had part-time jobs. And so, uh, you know, it wasn't 
going skateboarding after getting off work at, at one in the morning or midnight or something mm-hmm. at some restaurant and going skateboarding afterwards. Or there were things so that you, I all of a sudden wasn't doing anymore. So did it change your life, that in, uh, accident? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, how did it affect you? Did you, were you able... Did you were you able to go back to skateboarding I, or never I, at that same you know, level? It, it was never not the same level. It was six months. It was six months before I could uh, like stand on my skateboard and push without it hurting. And you know the the basic trick that you that you need for skateboarding is to ollie, which is you know the mm-hmm. thing that looks like a jump with the board. Uh, so, and it hurts so bad to come down mm-hmm. from an ollie. So you sorry, but you never went to the doctor. No, I didn't. I Did, I, I I had heard. That a tailbone injury is something that you can't really do anything about. You have to just take it easy and let it heal. Looking back at it now, do you think that was sensible or? <laughs> I don't have any. You I have, have no I have, clue. I have zero sensible approaches to injury or being sick. Oh, okay. I, I I'm asking of, the wrong person. Yeah, you're asking the wrong. So, person. did you have? Did you have to keep your parents at a distance then? No. Did you? No. How about your sisters? Did, well, my my younger sister was actually the only person who saw part of the oh she saw it well she saw part of the huge bruise that i had Mm. um she was the only one who probably really knew about about so were your parents pretty supportive of you yeah they were and then you know they weren't happy about this injury thing but they were definitely happy that i was going to be going to college and Mm -hmm. um uh so what i learned through all of that is that um it skateboarding got me a phd oh so, so did you feel, do you ever think like you never got to like find out about your dream or any of that? Is there any of well, that in you there? Know, I mean, I, I was able to skateboard again and, you know, especially, at, you know, my first year of college, you know, I, I skateboarded around campus and stuff and I was able to get a lot of my tricks back, but I didn't have the same, uh, I didn't have the kind of time to devote right. to it that I used to have. But, right. But the reason I say it got me a PhD is because to maintain all of those hours of skateboarding when I was younger while getting really great grades in yeah. school and being really serious about both. I mean, I, I, I loved both. So and, and also I was in a lot of art schools at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I took all of these things with the same amount of seriousness. Mm. And uh, um, because skateboarding was such a, a devotion of time, I had to get those other things done in an efficient way, and I had right. to figure out how to how to study hard and study well uh, without it taking much time. Right. And so, when I was in uh, college, I I wasn't spending all those hours skateboarding, and I was studying a lot. And I wouldn't say that college was easy or anything, but uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a really a lo- I went to a pretty demanding school. Yeah, which school was it again? Uh, William and Mary. Oh yeah, it's a really Denver. good school. Yeah, and. Um, and they really, you had a lot of work at that school. So you're so, um, well, I mean, you definitely have a good sense of humor. We're learning. I mean, <laughs> I learned that better than mine. Um, oh, so no, 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 I mean, no, no. I'm glad. I'm I, glad I to, to know that. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to know that. Well, anyway, so we're good. No, but it's you. You're better. No, you're better. No, you're better. Um, so, um, but uh, what would... 
So you just have like a lot of drive. Is that just innate? Where do you think that comes from? Is anybody else in your family like that? Uh, yeah. Why? Everyone in my family is like that. Everyone. Do you think it's biological then? Partly? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's genetic. Maybe it comes from these mountains out in Abruzzo where, you know, life, life <laughs> is hard and you have to, you have yeah. to really bust your hump so what, to get what, anywhere. But, what did your sisters wind up doing? Um, well, they're... They they both uh, went to the same art school that I went to. We went to this this uh, gifted and talented program when we were little kids, and kind of it was part of the public school system. Mm-hmm. We went all throughout school, mm-hmm. and then they both went on and did uh, BFAs oh. uh, as well. And then my older sister did an MFA, and uh, and uh, so they're they're both also artists. My younger sister now has a a fashion line. Really? Uh, she designs her own clothing, and she also makes visual artwork. Yeah. Wow. Does she have, like, a business and stuff? Yep, yep. She, she she's does. successful, right? Yeah, she, she's successful Jesus. and responsible, and she, she, she's a very respons- uh, much uh, more responsible adult than I am. Mm, much more adult. Yeah, much more adult. It's that's, funny. That's you know, sure. I'm, it's funny. It's making me think now that you got um, – now I'm beginning to feel like I'm understanding you in the Uh-oh. way that <laughs> – in the way that you're, like, um, that – that um, skateboarding thing uh-huh. is partly like that's you can't get at you can't get you can't take that off. Uh-huh. That's like you wear that's who you are, right? Um, some of that, some of that culture, like I, some of it. Oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, like that's not going anywhere. Well, I, it, it's what 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 you're saying is is spot on. But I always had you know one foot in uh, in in all of the in the in the door that was full of AP classes and being you know mm-hmm. doing those kinds of things in school and also being a, so I had this dual profile I guess that you know uh, was strange and I didn't mind it and you know in general I would say that there there was a lot more acceptance of uh, the nerdy skateboarder among skateboarders than there was acceptance of the uh, skateboarder nerd among nerds. Yeah, yeah, like that's what I was thinking about. Weren't the nerds like? What about the nerd teachers? No, Didn't just, how did it's just funny thinking about even the, like the term nerd. Anymore. Nerd, I know. Totally oh, we're gonna get into the language. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can write me important thing. You, I want five page report on the word nerd by tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, so what, what, what is that like for you in academia? I mean. You, I mean, aren't if you have a rebellious streak, don't you just think those people are so uptight and um, like how do you deal with that? Well, I don't know. I kind of I liked that too. I I had exposure to a little bit of teaching when I was really young, and uh, um, I liked I liked the kind of intellectual authority that a lot of academics had, and I, I and I liked how some of them really carried it really. Um, like with a sense of leisure, I had some very important. Uh, oh, so you have some good role models. I had some great role models as teachers, uh-huh. uh, as art teachers, and as teachers in high school. Uh-huh. And then I had some great role models uh-huh. as as professors when I was in school. And, and really, I think anybody who's in academia, especially uh-huh. anybody who's pursuing a PhD or something, had a professor or two or three that they thought, "Oh man, I, I want to." Be, I want to share oh, so knowledge could, like that you person. Could fit, so there's a so there was room. For, so you felt like you could find a place there. Yeah. So what happens now if you feel like 
you know, an artist that you're working with or a student or somebody mm-hmm. is a slacker? Like, what, how do you handle that? Do you just, like, are you, like, how do you handle it? A, a slacker? I don't know. You know, I, I Or think, you just avoid them. I, you can't. That's I, yeah, a part of the planet. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the, the, the best way to encourage a slacker, I think, is to um, uh, maybe praise what it is that they're doing that there's that they're that they're slacking off on um, mm-hmm. to an extent and mm-hmm. give them critique. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody benefits from a little bit of critique. So even if something is really great, uh, if somebody's not putting 100 percent effort into it, then it, it could be greater. Therefore, it's not as great as it could be. Therefore, you have something to uh, so, something, uh, something to impart. Huh. Like my uh, English teacher wrote in my uh, yearbook. A, a good student who could be great. <laughs> See how that stuck with me? Oh, but you, I'm, I'm sure you, you were no. also a great student. No, I was a real... <laughs> oh, are you kidding? I was a C student. Oh, yeah. Really bad student. Yeah, really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good in school at all. Not good in... I I, okay. I was really intimidated. I See, I got really intimidated. Um, and also, uh-huh. my... I was not considered bright growing up. Huh. So, you know, but, uh, and, uh, um, so what does your other sister do? I just wanted to understand if oh, your parents yeah. are, um, miffed by like how, the, how anybody like, yeah. What does your other sister do? My, my other sister is a mother of two young kids, mm-hmm. uh, one's three and a half, my niece, and one is about eight months now, seven or oh, eight nice. months, my nephew. And um, Giovanna Domenico. Oh. And uh, she uh, is also an artist and uh, hasn't been too involved with shows and stuff like that in, in a little while. Because uh-huh. she's, she's a mom. Well, oh, she's a mom and she also, uh, she's a Kung Fu teacher. Uh, she's a Kung Fu instructor. What? And has been doing that for a long time. That's and such a, that's like. That's a freak yeah, thing. It's cool. And that's she also, weird. It's it's it, that is so. You know, what it, a family! I know, I'm trying she, to like picture you guys. Oh, it's, I mean, that, it's an unusual. Are you guys all really close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're. Close. But there's a. Your parents must be very open minded. Yeah, well, they, and encouraging. I, I, I would say that I don't think they would be too offended to hear me say that they became open minded. I think that they, they weren't always quite so open minded. I think. I I think you got for it out sure that twenty years ago if somebody mm-hmm. had said in twenty years your three children are going to be up to these things they, um they, well they they might say that sounds that sounds interesting but uh, so are they, they would be stunned but they must be com- are they confused by what you you do by what I yeah and I don't even share do they think like <laughs> you have a ph you've got all this all this you know you've got all the stuff uh-huh. all these credentials uh-huh. and all these magazines and all the shit like are uh-huh. they thinking like why aren't you like running a comp you know do they want to see making like a lot more money and wearing you know like new clothes and stuff like that like a um, nice job do they want you to have a nice job oh absolutely they would love for me to have a nice job 
And so, I, I don't know if I'm opposed to the idea of having a, a nice job. So what? Well, yeah, but, like I mean, I wonder. Like you're doing. I think you're doing really well. Um, you're young. You're in your thirties. Uh, toward the end of my thirties. Yeah. So, yeah. like, what do you what do you see in your future, or do you have a goal for the a goal other than oh, all the man. goals you've already achieved? I don't. I've 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 learned that a lot of good things can come from letting, um, letting. Letting things guide you, like letting sort of one mm-hmm. organically, you mean. yeah, just moving along like that, not forcing mm-hmm. anything too much. That's the best things have come to me by not forcing anything. Mm, I've and, kind of started learning that the hard way, yeah. And, and but you know, the the hard thing is that it, it, sometimes you feel like you're at a point where things are really going to go to some sort of, you know, proverbial next level, and then maybe they don't. Because it's always frustrating. Yeah, and or, what or, would the next... Is there anything that you could imagine on next level might be? Oh, geez. I, I mean, it, it kind of would be nice to not have to not have to have so many jobs. I, mm-hmm. I, I honestly can what say What would a job... Like, if so, if you could get paid, like, at, at, on a practical level, not on a fantasy level, um, like, what what would be the paying job you might want? Like, would that be a professor? Would that be a gallerist? Would that be a visual paint, painter, I, artist? I, you know, it, it's a... It's a, it's a Perfect question, really, because I there's not there's not really any one of the things that I do that I don't like to do. So I, I do get to at least say, in honesty, that I really enjoy sincerely mm-hmm. the things that I do. Don't you think doing so, so many things is probably part of the reason you're not? I mean, I I applaud it. I I mean, I applaud it. Um, I'm not trying to, you know. I mean, uh, but that. Being that kind of person by nature, which you are, is what's getting in the way of a nice job, right? Yeah, absolutely. Partly, at least. Yeah. And, you know, it so happens that a lot of the things that I do are precisely the things that these days are all part of a gig economy. Right. um, Which sucks. It's It's the worst. Anybody who has a bunch of freelance jobs and, you know, crams a bunch of things in to get by, we all know it's terrible. What? What in particular? I mean, I've had mostly you know, freelance jobs that are more like full-time jobs, but when I'm uh-huh. freelance. So what, what, what is particularly bad about it from well, your point the, of view? The, the, the terrible thing, I mean, I, maybe my case is, is particular. but No, the, I'm curious. I mean, um, I'm sure a lot of people out there probably well, feel exactly the same. Well, the, the, the terrible way. thing is that it gets praised a lot. And you see a lot of press about how the gig economy is uh, know, this new thing. Young people are into it. You get to, you know, mm-hmm. maybe work at a coffee shop or something mm-hmm. and, you know, work from home sometimes mm-hmm. and you know it's interesting because mm-hmm. you're never doing the same thing from one week to the next and that's true when it isn't i mean if, if you're involved in a bunch of freelance stuff you're kind of always doing the same thing but it you have you know the stuff isn't it's not guaranteed that these things are going to come and renew so, so you're constantly a little bit you know on the lookout for things you're constantly it's a hustle things. It's it's and, and the uncertainty and the hustle combined. Yeah, and your mind is is always in a lot of different places at once, which right. which isn't really a bad thing. And then, like, what about health insurance? Exactly, like there are the other things that are a natural part. And of, what about settling of, of down? What about get? what? A, where's your family? Yeah, yeah. Where 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 are those? Are you're heterosexual, yeah, good, right? Yeah, good. So thing where I don't, are? Where are where are they? Where are the where's the wife and kids? Right, they're right where they could be, which is nowhere. I mean, I wouldn't really be able to to maintain the kinds of things that I do, and definitely the 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 sort of pitiful economics uh, of my existence wouldn't be realistic if I had. Uh, if uh, I mean, I have three housemates. <laughs> no, but I mean, is that something that you really want at some point? 
Uh, I, I don't know. You don't know. It's like well, it's, it's like all the other stuff. Uh, you know, it happens or it doesn't. But and, you know. but I mean, I would say from the outside looking in that your life has had a pretty positive, productive, and logical you know, somewhat logical progression where all the things that you enjoy doing and are passionate about have had chances to develop and to continue to develop. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so, so then fuck it. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah then exactly. fuck it. All right, good. Exactly. You know what? We have we have only less than 10 minutes left. Oh, and man, I know, that's, that's and I really want to... so much fun. I know, and I feel like, I feel like, you know, I just want to hear more about your folks and shit like that. But you yeah, know what? Well, I really, I really want to talk about. They're, um, they're probably happy to not be addressed anymore. No. Oh, I don't know. But hey, mom. Hey, dad. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Julie. Hey, Giovanni. Hey, Domenico. Uh, do you have a family picture? Can you can you send me one that we can post? Because I want to oh, yeah, see I these can, people. Sure I, can find that. I want a kid one and an adult yeah, one. Can, I want to see. Can, do you guys all see each other around Thanksgiving and all that? Um, no, I, I usually get to see everybody in the summer, so I got to see everybody earlier this uh, summer. Oh, family reunion? Um, uh, no, not really. It's more like Paul shows up at the door of, well, my younger sister's in Philly. Oh. My older sister is in Richmond, and then my dad and stepmom also live in Richmond. So you don't all get together. My mom's down in Virginia Beach. You have to go make a tour. Sometimes we do, but it, what I usually do is I make a tour, and oh. I stay at each okay. person's the place D'Agostino until they get sick The D'Agostino family tour. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. So anyway, so let's talk about um, a project, two projects that are ongoing. Um, one is Nomenclature. Uh-huh. Um, and the others exchange rates. Uh-huh. So um, I think that I um, want you to explain it because we don't have a lot of time and I want to make sure that we get everything in and, and okay. you're going to be better at this than I am. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Well, both both things I can sort of talk about through the the, the lens of Cintalto, which is this, this home gallery I've been running since 2008 in, in my loft. And so they... They're both uh, different projects that have that have come out of doing those things. So the nomenclature one, which is basically the current uh, Centalto project, um, is an exhibit that was just at Studio Ten. It was so fantastic. It was, a, it was show. an offsite Centalto show. Yeah, um, it was really great. It's called Thank You, and thank you again for contributing. Oh God, and thanks pl- to all the contributors out uh, 143 there. 143 of them, uh, right? Yeah, 142 contributors and 176 pieces. Incredible. And yeah, I mean, it's a really amazing show. And it's really a real special. cool, real cool uh, uh, breadth of contributors too. My three and a half year old niece made really? some panels, and um, you know, lots of people who are more like my parents' age. And stuff Paul, I'm only saying this to stand your for you. It's uh-huh. six minutes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> so the the show is about uh color mixing colors and naming those colors. So that's that's what that show was all about. And the first installation just closed at Studio 10, and I'm going to install it again at Centalto at at the home site um for Open Studios, which happens Bushwick Open the Studios first which week. happens the first weekend of, mm-hmm. of October. And uh, Nomenclature will be up there also toward the end of the month when we're doing another iteration of Exchange Rates, which is a, an international art expo in Bushwick that I developed working with Stephanie Theodore at Theodore Art. And, shout out, Stephanie. Yeah, She's awesome. Stephanie. Her gallery program's really yeah, great. She, she might even be listening. I'm surprised she didn't really? call Really? She'll be. Um, and Carl Anglin, Charlie Levine, and Ben Street, who are involved with Sluice, 
mm-hmm. in London, which is a, an art fair and kind of variably manifested arts enterprise. They're really great creative folks. And Stephanie and I collaborated with them to put together this this international art expo, we call it, uh, in Bushwick that happened two years ago, and it's happening again this mm-hmm. October. There are about 45 galleries involved. Really? Wow. Yeah, about uh, a dozen galleries here in Bushwick that are hosting uh, galleries from abroad or from other places in the U.S. Uh, that will be here sharing spaces with the host galleries in Bushwick, and it's going to be a sort of um, big festival. Big, yeah, really? big. Fe- I mean, it's a lot of British, a lot of a lot of cute British guys with British accents, huh? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Know. Who knows? Know. So, some, are they coming maybe here? Some cute British girls. I'm sure. Um, are they going to come here physically? Yeah, yeah they're going to come here physically. How? Bring that's shows. a huge. I didn't realize how many galleries that was. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So they're going to sort of like partner with other galleries. Yeah, I mean, forty-five. How many galleries here are they going to? So be? it's about. 13 or so host galleries here, uh. and um, and some of them are in the Bogart building, and some of them are uh, near the Bogart building, and others are spread further around. The Buggy Factory is going to be a host site, Enrico Gomez is doing something there. Uh, Sardine is going to be involved. Um, so there are some other places that aren't right there. The Brooklyn Fireproof is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the host galleries, Huge. you know, open up a wall or something, mm-hmm. part of their space for a visiting gallery or two wow. to put up a show. And so part of the logic of exchange rates is that uh, every space that you visit, you get to visit a Bushwick space. And within that Bushwick space, you're basically also visiting an artist-run enterprise from somewhere much further away. Wow, that's so, so cool. Did you go there? I mean, I'm assuming you had an exchange. Bushwick had an exchange over there. Did you well, go to Well, I London? mean, we've only had the one exchange rates in, in 2014. Oh, okay. So this is the second one. And it, we we kind of developed the platform with the idea that, yeah, over time, ah. these will start to happen in other places, ah. too. You know, there could be an exchange rates in Los Angeles or an exchange rates in... Oh, that's in, great. Uh, you know, Vladivostok or something. Oh, wow. It's... um. Hopefully, hopefully oh, really? An, hopefully an exchange rates. So is that going to be open during Bushwick Open Studios as well? It's after Open Studios. It's oh. At the, the end, oh, that's good, because the there's too many... Yeah. Too many things yeah. to uh, it's it's a sort of uh, it's almost like an open studios for artists run galleries. Mm, it's mm. that it's that kind of right, thing. right. Uh, so it is very different from a, a normal art fair in that sense. Although right, there are certain aspects of it that have the trappings of art fair, mm-hmm. but you know it's how you conceive of something. Yeah, and I also wanted to um something that I think I wanted people to know about col- colorman color. You say it. Nomenclature. Nomenclature. Yeah. Um, that I think is so interesting is that when you reinstall it, it's going to be a complete, it's, it's, it's so, um, well, it's, you know, it's 142 different, you know, six yeah, by yeah. six squares. So yeah. you can install it in any, in any way. And yeah, so the next, yeah, yeah. In, it ha- it will have a different personality yeah, to yeah, some it's degree. Yeah, totally different. I mean, in mm-hmm. Studio 10 is big, so I got to do this big arc, mm-hmm. two stripes with, um, with, with the panels and mm-hmm. at, at my place my only choice really is to make a big grid which mm-hmm. is what a lot of people expected you know a lot mm-hmm. of people said i thought you were going to just do a big grid mm-hmm. and i said well i will because at my place i'm not going to be able to do but anything it, else it kind of makes it a living thing which is really cool so oh, even yeah. if you did see it at studio 10 it's going to be a very different i imagine it'll be pretty are you going to keep the colors did you did was there a lot of work working out the colors um 
uh, well, there was a lot of cataloging and making a list and checking it twice. No, but I mean, are you like, I'm going to keep these colors like the way they are? Are you going to rearrange the colors? I'm, I'll probably rearrange them to some extent. I mean, they also might fall out of order. Yeah, in, I mean, I was wondering in, if that was super... Natural were way. the color choices really conscious? Um, no, I, I tried to have a light hand in, in mm-hmm. the way that I put things mm-hmm. up. Because it looked like... I, yeah, kept, I well, thought here, that it here's was. Here's something interesting that I discovered. I... Dr. Lisa gives a shit Dr. Lisa gives a shit Dr. Lisa gives a shit